0: Welcome to the Global Math Department. My name is Rana Arshad Hafiz and I'll be your host tonight. Tonight we are going to hear from Dr. Gerber on Algebra 2 applications for struggling students. Would everyone please introduce themselves in the chat window telling us what you teach where and what your Twitter handle is if you have one. Before I introduce our speaker I'd like to explain how these meetings work. These meetings are recorded and are available within 24 hours after the meeting ends. To view the recording, you can use the same link you used to get here tonight. The global math community prides itself on being friendly and supportive. The chat room is available for topical and general conversation throughout the meeting. I'll be sure to catch your questions for the presenter to be addressed at the end of the presentation. Now over to you, Dr. Gerber, and if you would like to start with a little introduction about yourself.
1: Yes, hello, my name is Rob Gerber. I have some introduction actually in the slideshow, and I am new to big marker. I'm a Zoom person, so hopefully I can uh, handle this well. You will have ample uh, opportunity to contact me via email if you want a copy of the PowerPoint and and I have a bunch of other resources we'll go through as we go through the slides. So let me start to share my screen. Um, And let's see if it works. Do you guys see my screen? Rana? I wanna make sure I'm sharing.
0: You're all set, Dr. Gerber, you could start.
1: Thank you. We're gonna be looking at a course called Advanced Algebra with Financial Applications, which is a terrific alternative to Algebra Two for struggling students who are probably going to be set up for failure if they actually took an Algebra II course. My name is Rob Gerver. I taught this finance course at North Shore High School where I started it in 1977 and I was there for 40 years and retired. And now I teach a gifted program for high school students at the State University of New York at Old Westbury's Institute for Creative Problem Solving. This presentation and a lot of other videos and helpful information can be found at financialalgebra.com. So if you're interested in setting up a program, there is a ton of valuable information there. If you look at the eight links, we have a course proposal. So if you need to propose it to your department, we have that already written. There's four introductory videos, each with a very specific purpose you can read in that link. There are PowerPoints. So once you get a PowerPoint, you can then tweak the slides for your own convenience. Um, A little bit of information about the textbook package, other resources. Previous presentations and a way to contact the authors, but you're going to have my email from this presentation anyway. But before we get started, see if you think your struggling students can sympathize with the meerkat.
0: Since our first equation tells us that y equals 3x plus 2 this means that we can substitute a 3x plus 2 In for the y in our second equation. Since y means the same thing as 3x plus 2, we can replace the y in the second equation with a 3x plus 2. And rewriting our second equation, we now have 7x minus 4 times parentheses 3x plus 2.
1: You can imagine that's what, you know, it is for the struggling student that first day back after summer vacation, they've been disenfranchised with mathematics and it's all starting again. The traditional high school mathematics sequence is not the only road to mathematical competence. For some reason, we're fixated in algebra two and pre-calculus, and there are other ways to get four years of mathematics credit and we've been guilty of being married to certain algebra 2 topics just because we did it for a century finally the common core got things like graphing the cosecant function that is not something that everyone needs in 11th grade and you know if you want to go on to mathematics it's a it's a neat thing you'll learn to do but um we really just got in a habit that it was algebra 2 or nothing else And there is a financial illiteracy crisis in our country now. And there are so many examples. I'll give you a few, I'll give you a few examples. I have hundreds. My son's friend graduated from the University of Maryland. I gave him a check. He got a job. The job had direct deposit. The boss said, bring in a check. Guess what he did? He never had a financial algebra course. He brought in my gift check. And they took the routing and account number from that and all of his paychecks for the first four weeks until we discovered it were going into my account over $5,000 worth. No one ever taught him about routing and account numbers. Yeah, he learned a lot about Shakespeare and medieval history. No one ever taught him about checks and that's terrible. Um, I will tell you, my daughter got a job at age 19 in her university, State University of New York, and I told her to join the retirement system. She did, and a month later, the retirement system changed benefits. So because of a kernel of knowledge about retirement, my daughter has, as a 19-year-old, she is literally, depending on how long she lives, going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars more in her retirement because she signed up before the benefits were cut. I was in Stop and Shop. woman in front of me was returning something for $11.57. Returning. She gave the cashier $0.57, thinking that would make it easier. And the cashier gave her $12 back, which was incorrect. And then she asked me, you know, do I know any math? And I said, well, that person in all gave you eleven fifty-seven when she bought it, and fifty-seven more cents. She gave you twelve dollars and fourteen cents altogether, which is what you should have given back to her. Um, we've all had mistakes on our uh, credit card bills. I hope you check them because there are mistakes that could be in your favor um, and mistakes that are not. If you look at that um, check from a diner, the tip amount was inflated 36%. So there's financial illiteracy all around us, and it's the job of the high school to fix it. Everyone doesn't need the same mathematical concept at the same juncture in their mathematics education. I mean, not every, a struggling kid doesn't need to divide imaginary numbers or do long polynomial division. division. They're already disenfranchised. We need to get more relevant and more useful. And have you <coughs> ever heard, when am I ever going to use this? We've all heard it. Um, And I once heard a good thing at a conference in California. Someone said, well, did you ever see them do jumping jacks before a football game? I said, yeah, of course. Do you do jumping jacks in football? No. But it's an agility exercise. It's a physical agility exercise. And mathematics could be considered that for your brain. I'm not sure the kids bought it. I accidentally stumbled on my favorite answer to this equation, uh, this question when I took away a kid's cell phone. I took it away, and then I just started sort of playfully shoving it at him, saying, you like this thing? Well, be glad that we don't stop mathematics in sixth grade. We make everyone go through three or four years of high school mathematics, because 5% of you embrace it and go on to invent the things the other 95% of you cannot live without. You can see some examples of that in this picture. So if we decided to stop mathematics in sixth grade, saying, you know what, that's enough, we would be, there'd be no industrial revolution, no cars, airplanes, forget about computers, forget about the whole digital industry. Where would we be if the world stopped at sixth grade mathematics? The Stone Age. That answer they bought. Because if you start taking away their stuff, their iPads and cell phones and all sorts of music contraptions, now we have an appreciation for why some people embrace mathematics. The subject we love is reputationally challenged. What happens when you go to a party and tell them you're a mathematics teacher? Oh, I stink at math. Oh, I hated math. How do you do it? I mean, why are people proud? of not being good at mathematics, at being mathematically illiterate. My daughter is an English teacher. I always wondered, I said, you know, if you go to a party and tell them you're English, you're an English teacher, do people laugh and say, you know, I could never read. You'd be embarrassed if you couldn't read. And yet you're proud of your mathematics enumeracy. And the same thing happens at the dinner table, kid fails his fifth grade fraction test. And what does dad say? Oh, I had to go through it too. Just live with it. Well, thanks a lot, dad. We don't get a, love, a lot of love and support. <clears throat> Look at this. New York Post sports writer was bragging about his mathematics anxiety. That middle paragraph. Of course, the midway point of any season, which is where the Yankees sat entering this three-game series with the Braves that started Monday with a 5-3-11 inning win for Atlanta, allows for you to have some fun with numbers and with the ever enjoyable game of at this pace. Because even if you were more terrified of mathematics than of Sasquatch when you were in school, and join me at the front of that line, if you like, it's the easiest time of the year to do so. This guy's bragging to hundreds of thousands of people that he's mathematically illiterate. Why is he proud of it? So what's the target audience for our course? (coughs) Students in need of a third or fourth year mathematics credit. You know, it's hard. If you struggle with mathematics, you can't be dismissed after one or two years of mathematics like you could in the 1970s when the mathematics graduation requirement was one year. Any students looking to take a mathematics elective. So we've had Good kids actually sign up for the financial algebra course because they want to learn the finance. Students who may have experienced difficulty in algebra 1 and or geometry and are just not ready for algebra 2 or pre-calc. Students who failed algebra 2 and now need more mathematics credits and mathematically disenfranchised students. So we've got a very well defined target audience and our audience is well populated. The the failure rate for Algebra 2 nationally is in the 50% range. How does advanced algebra with financial applications fit into a student's four-year high school schedule? There's lots of ways. The classic is Algebra 1, Geometry financial mathematics. And I also added a statistics course here. So you can imagine instead of algebra 2 and pre-calc, they could take this advanced algebra with financial applications and stat. And both of those courses are better aligned with the uh, persona of the struggling student. And they're not easy Mickey Mouse courses. They're rigorous mathematics courses. So schools can do it many, many different ways. Some schools have a two-year geometry and then you can have it take it. There are lots of ways to do it. And since you're gonna have a copy of this presentation, you have a copy of this slide. You don't need to take pictures of anything. We all know with senioritis, what happens to seniors around February of senior year, they're out to lunch. Well, if you wanna do a one-year senior course, Financial algebra is a full-year course, but if you want to customize it, you could have a full semester of precalculus, like matrices, polar coordinates, etc., and then a spring semester of financial algebra, five chapters. Or you could have a full semester of introductory statistics and probability, and a spring semester of the first five units of advanced algebra with financial applications. So there are lots of ways to work with this. There's a lot of latitude. What financial topics comprise the course? The first is discretionary expenses. Those are things that teenagers buy. Music, clothes, food, cars and things. Banking, credit, owning an automobile, employment, income taxes, we do the full long form 1040, independent living, renting and eventually buying a house, investing, starting your own business, retirement planning, and budgeting. Budgeting is the last one because it sort of ties up all of them. The mathematics topics are selected from Algebra 2, Pre-Calc, Statistics, Probability, Trig, Geometry, and it's all taught at an Algebra 1 prerequisite level. So the, na- the names of the units are financial, and we use the mathematics as it's needed. The mathematical topics are very rich. They include, we do the normal curve, we do trig functions, and you'll see where later on. Piecewise functions, regression, greatest integer function, and we have an application of imaginary numbers. So it's a really rich mathematics course. Why should schools offer advanced algebra with financial applications? Well, the Algebra 1 only prerequisite allows students who struggle to get a fresh start. They may actually succeed in this and want to take other mathematics classes. Incorrect placement is unfair to the student. If you put him in a class you know he's not set up for, that's just not fair. Um, It's probably unfair to the teacher because it's very difficult to do a class where the kids have been um, misplaced. It can also be difficult for fe- to fellow classmates um, if the class has a disparity with people who are having a difficult time because they were up track. Students who succeed at advanced algebra with financial applications may acquire the confidence and ability to tackle other mathematics classes. It's a chance for them to gain confidence in and appreciation for mathematics through topics they're going to like. And it allows departments to graduate all students with that three and four years that they need. And it also provides an elective. Some students take financial algebra with another mathematics class. Um, and the course is obviously more applicable to everyday life, which means a lot to a struggling student than Algebra 2 and Precalculus are. And we're not knocking Algebra 2 or Precalculus, they're just not for everybody at the same juncture in their mathematics education. We're going to take a look at material from the course. Now, we're not going to go into detail. Just for people who are familiar with the old consumer mathematics, which was a Mickey Mouse arithmetic-based course and cannot get state credit for a mathematics course. It's usually taught in the business department or often taught in the business department. We just want to show you how mathematically rich this course is. (coughs) So we won't be stopping to dissect each problem you know, in detail. Just at the end of it, it's like you're at a buffet table seeing what a rich spread of mathematics the course is. Um, The authors, Rich, Scroy and myself, have four decades of experience teaching finance to high school mathematics students, more than four decades. So we've been refining it and tweaking it since the 70s. And have written many journal articles about finance in high school mathematics classes. Because finance courses (coughs) use real numbers, the numbers can't be rigged to have pretty answers like certain math problems do in textbooks. So you're going to need some sort of graphing calculator, whether it's a TI or a Casio or Desmos. Um, And there's lots of options, um, but the kids will have to have that in hand at all times. Keep in mind, All skills are taught from the ground up, assuming an Algebra 1 prerequisite. There are no finance-related prerequisites for the student or the teacher. So if a teacher is a little gun-shy about teaching it because they may feel... Yeah, I don't even know this stuff that well. Well, it's a great opportunity for you to learn it. It's easy to stay a few days ahead of the kids. I started teaching this when I was 21 years old. I was living at home. I had never done anything like auto insurance or taxes, and this was so helpful. As teachers, (coughs) you will benefit tremendously from the knowledge you acquire. So how is it the same as a typical mathematics class. Well, there's a do now. The kids walk in and there's something for them to do. Project it on the board, on a handout, however, from their textbook. Then there's some sort of motivation. And in financial algebra, this is sort of easy because real life topics interest kids. It has age level interest. Then we develop that motivation problem. And we give some model problems then the kids practice some model problems on their own and then they can do applications problems in class and for homework so it really runs like a regular mathematics class how does it differ how does it differ well there's a lot of passionate discussion now in my AP classes and pre cal classes, there's a lot of great discussion. There are great comments, there are great questions. I probably wouldn't classify most of them as passionate. But when kids find out, when the boys find out that girls pay less for car insurance than boys, they're gonna get irate. They're gonna be, you know, jumping out of their skin. When they find out that the federal tax rate in 1961 for the upper echelon of income, the federal income tax rate, was 91%. 91 cents out of every dollar you made, over $400,000 went to the federal government. People are going to, you know, blow a gasket. The passionate discussion is a lot of fun. It makes the class more like a social studies class. There's reading because when you're lo- learning new terms and concepts, there's, there's gonna be words. You don't walk into a bank and they ask you to find the axis of symmetry. So there's a lot of vocabulary embedded in the reading. We read from the textbook. We start each lesson with a quote. And you'll see some of the quotes later. And we talk about the quote in the beginning. By the way, all of this is a deliberate but subliminal way to get the struggling student engaged and liking, or dare I say, not hating, the math class, which he usually does. Um, There are projects, we'll go through a bunch of projects, you'll see dozens of them. And it's interesting, you'll be occasionally admitting, I don't know, let's find out. Because you are not a lawyer, you are not a tax accountant, you don't work for the IRS, you're not a stockbroker, you can't (laughs) answer all the questions. So that really makes it a little different. Projects. We'll talk about some projects. They are worthwhile alternative assessments and extra credit options. You can use them however you want. The most popular project is Price Your Own Funeral. And the kids actually, for these projects, they're not doing online research. They're actually going to local businesses. So I give them four weeks to do a project. And they introduce themselves and they do some real, real research. We have a great community school business relationship because of this. Pricing your own funeral is nice because if you're going to spend a year in a financial algebra class learning about being careful about making purchases, you got to realize the person who plans a funeral is the closest to the deceased who just passed. They are not going to go comparison shopping to seven different funeral homes. And that's a very disadvantageous position for a consumer to be in. So the time to talk about a funeral is when you can sort of do it lightly over dinner, but at least find out the thoughts and desires of the people you love. But they'll be pricing auto insurance, comparison shopping loans, building a clinometer, pricing a wedding, pricing a home closing um so there's a bunch of projects <coughs> here's one i found in my closet from 1983 the kid had to go price a new car so he went to a dealer and he got the price the tax the registration and everything then he took that car oh and the dealer he also got a, a business card then he went to an insurance agent <coughs> and priced a loan uh, insurance for that car, him at his age, his sex, and his address. So he got the real cost of insurance, and he got a business card. He handed this in, and with the business card sort of proved that he was there, but he also has to hand in thank you letters. And I don't accept emails and texts. The kid's Have to learn how to address an envelope. You wouldn't believe none of them know which side the stamp goes on. And I mail these out. We get thank you letter. The principal has gotten called. What's going on at that high school? It's about time. See, if you sent these with a text or an email, these salesmen get thousands of unsolicited emails and texts a day. They don't even read them. When they get a letter, they open it up and actually spend a second to read it. I know it because we hear back from them. It's a really nice thing to teach the kids. After getting that loan, now the kid goes to two banks to price loans for that car. Same thing, two business cards, two thank you letters. What do struggling students like about the course? It treats them like adults, which they pretty much are, you know, being upperclassmen in a high school. It's age level interest material. It gives them a place to see where they need mathematics. And it gives them a chance to use mathematics to save them money. That's music to anybody's ears. The topics are relevant. They have a chance to discuss, comment, and argue in a mathematics class. Like we said, it's more like social studies. We're trying to make the class, yes, more informative, more engaging, and dare I say it, more fun. We love, and it happens a lot, a kid walks out and he says to another kid in the hall, guess what we did in mathematics today because of this material. They can succeed at it. There have been some key approvals. You can apply for NCAA <coughs> credit. Um, each school has to do it individually. So I know I got the NCAA credit for approval for my school. And if you're in California, the UCA through G, hundreds of school have schools have gotten approval for the course as a C level core mathematics course. So those are important approvals. Let's take a look at the finance topics and how they drive the mathematics. This is where we're going to see that little smorgasbord of mathematical activities, and we won't go into detail. Take a look at this. Molly runs a stop sign and hits a telephone pole and bounces into a minivan, injuring eight people in the van plus a pedestrian. Three passengers in Molly's car are also hurt. The minivan's driver was a concert violinist. The injury to his hand means he can never work again. He sues for $40 million and is awarded that money in court. Who's paying for all this? A lot of the kids think insurance is some government handout. If you don't buy enough insurance, your salary could be garnished to pay a lawsuit like this. You have to know this. Which is why we really poo-poo these get your car insurance in 15 minutes while you're brushing your teeth commercials. A car insurance purchase should involve a discussion on costs, for different amounts of coverage and different coverage limits. It's not something to be rushed. I really despise those commercials. Buying the right amount of insurance is very important. We discuss automobile expense and depreciation. (coughs) If you buy a new car and take out a loan, um, This is a five year loan. The down payment is 4,000. That's actually a y intercept. And the monthly payment is 500. That's actually the slope. And we have the expense function 4,000 got cut off. You can also have the depreciation function graphed on the same set of axes. And things can depreciate linearly, exponentially. Imagine losing 11% of its value a year. Bathtubs. You could buy a car, like a classic car, and it depreciates, then it could level off, and if you keep it for a long time and keep it in good condition or restore it, it appreciates. We can use quadratic and irrational functions to model auto accidents. We do the reaction distance formula, the braking distance formula, which is how long it takes to break a car. Kids are very surprised. They think once, you, you know, once they see everything fly off the front seat at a quick stop that they stopped the car in five feet, they don't realize it might've taken 145 feet to stop the car. And the square root function, a cop can tell how fast the car was going by the skid marks. So they learn about auto accidents. We introduced geometric series using the classic penny-doubled-every-day problem. And the kids, imagine if I paid you one cent. And we set up a nice scenario at the beginning of class. You're going to come work for me for the month of July. I'll pay you each day. You won't have to wait till the end of the week. I'll give you a penny the first day, and I'll double the previous day's pay. So in the second day, you get two cents. Then the third day, you get four cents. And you let the kids sit there for five minutes, just times in two, and you give them a blank calendar. And they see that by day 28, day 28 alone, you make over a million dollars. And they're back to school. Night, I hear from the parents that kids tried to sign contracts with their father to do some household chores at this pay scale. And I just smile. I'm glad the mathematics went home. Getting a feel for compound interest. Before you teach the formula, which we derive from scratch, you got to show them what it means. So take a look here Jennifer has a bank account that compounds interest daily at a rate of 1.2%. There's her opening balance at the beginning of June 18th. She withdraws 200 and then has a 341 direct deposit paycheck. So now the principle used to compute the interest is that. To compute the interest, you multiply by the percent and divide by the number of days in a year. And you get a nickel for the day's interest. Now you add that nickel on. And now the kids can see you're getting interest. In fact, the opening balance for the next day has that extra nickel in it. So kids can see what getting interest on your interest means. And then, of course, you can do the same thing with deposits, withdrawals for the next day. We call these compound interest calendars. And compound interest calendars um, allow the kids to understand it. Then we derive and teach the formula. Interesting. For every unit we have, what's the problem? Here's one for compound interest. It's like playing Jeopardy. You give the solution and ask the kid to write the problem. Now during the compound interest unit, they're obviously doing a lot of compound interest formula, so they're used to it. So this is how much would you make if you deposited $2,500 at 1.7% interest compounded daily for three years. This is what it would grow to. And if you wanted to figure out the interest, you would have to subtract the original $2,500. Boy, that monthly payment formula, whether it's for cars or homes, you know, wait till they see the interest on a mortgage for a $400,000 home over 30 years. Talk about a passionate discussion. And You can give the kids those formulas on a formula sheet. There's a lot of parentheses. That is a real tricky thing to plug into a calculator, even if you're looking at the formula. Mortgages. Again, we spoke about all the units have vocabulary. They have to learn what all these words mean before we start doing any mathematics with them. A lot of the kids start to work and they see the FICA box on their pay stub. So we need to teach them about Social Security and Medicare taxes. And the interesting thing, Social Security is a piecewise function. Here it is for 2020. Here it is for 2012 when they lowered the rate to 4.2% to try to stimulate the economy. So that's here in red and 2020 is here in blue, but it's interesting. The curve has a cusp right here at the point, um, and it has two different slopes. So normally kids don't see s- 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 uh, graphs with cusps until pre-calculus, and here's one from everyday life, from their paychecks. We also look at federal income tax. Now this income tax schedule is very difficult for Average citizen to use. We translate it into a piecewise function with the different domains given by the IRS schedule. And then we change each line in the piecewise function. We distribute and combine like terms to get an MX plus B form. This MX plus B form is what the IRS uses on their tax worksheet. Modeling a business startup. When we start this unit, we have a nice passionate discussion on inventions you'd like to see. And a lot of the kids watch shark tanks. So we get all sorts of things from that. But I bring in a bunch just to show them. I thought this was ingenious. This pizza box is perforated. So the box becomes the plates. We all know that white plastic thing that's in every pizza box so the cheese doesn't stick to the lid. This personal helicopter where you can lift off like in a drone from your driveway and land vertically at work is available. It's about $200,000. This this milk carton shows the amount of milk that's left. And these are solar, re- solar roof shingles that look like regular roof shingles. So we have a lot of time talking about cool inventions. We show them how to interpret profit and lost using expense and profit, the profit parabola. And that is all done during the modeling of business unit. Interestingly, we have an application of imaginary numbers. Most courses in high school don't. Uh, We were always told that there's an application in electricity, but it was too convoluted for us to learn as high school students. But here, we show the students step by step. We know the struggling audience. Everything is step by step. We show them how to create the profit parabola. What does a profit parabola with imaginary roots imply? Like this one. That means don't bother starting up this business. It's impossible to make a profit. So we have an application of imaginary numbers. Cell phone expenses are modeled by a split Function We have split or piecewise functions in every chapter. But if you notice these brackets, we also teach the greatest integer function, which is necessary to describe the cell phone plan function. And that's also usually saved for pre-calculus, the greatest integer function. Life insurance. How does a life insurance company make profit? Well, we teach them expected value to see what a life insurance company would make. And we have a fictitious policy for a 41 year old man here. Trigonometry for homeowners, you buy a house. Well, if you wanna put a deck in the back, you're gonna have to set up a right angle to make sure you build build it squarely. And you can do it the same way the Egyptians did thousands of years ago by using a Pythagorean triple of rope and making sure you have a perfect right angle. You wanna measure the height of a tree to see if it would fall on your house in a storm. You need a clinometer. One of the projects is building a clinometer and all you need is a protractor, a string, and a penny. And we also teach them about rise over run and what slopes are safe for trying to clean your gutters or go on the roof. So they're going to learn slides, Sine, cosine, tangent, slope, Pythagorean theorem, similar triangles, and that's all done in the home ownership unit. We also do a rational function of five variables to figure out how many BTUs you need in a given room in your house. The statistics topics are very sophisticated. Now, the common core replaced a lot of Algebra 2's trig with statistics, and we did the same thing. Matrix multiplication. All right, the kids will learn how to multiply matrices, and this is a business model problem. The last unit is on budgeting. After all, a budget sheet is really a matrix. And after we've learned the whole year, we've learned about all these things, how does it fit in the grand scheme? Now, it's interesting because the kid who makes $163 a week working at McDonald's after school, you know, that's a lot of money. He thinks he's rich. And they have no idea what it costs to manage a household. And this, you know, may even scare them a little bit and they realize why their parents or guidance counselors or friends tell them you really want to get a good job. The suggested course name is advanced algebra with financial applications. We like that name. If you name it financial math or consumer math, colleges aren't sure that it's a rigorous mathematics class. They may mistake it for that arithmetic-based business department course. So course catalog and students transcripts should have this name. Now if you wanted to start an Advanced Algebra with Financial Applications course, what could you do? Well, on FinancialAlgebra.com there is a 10-minute video orientation. It's called FA, Financial Algebra for Educators. It's perfect. You can show it at a math department meeting, and it's so short, and it's very comprehensive. It really covers everything. Um, And it orients administrators, teachers, and guidance counselors. And yes, we recommend inviting guidance counselors to this meeting so they know it's a real core-level course for a struggling student. Today's presentation is on there. So you'll have this As an MP4 and a PowerPoint. Um, FinancialAlgebra.com has um, seven links of videos, tons of information for writing a syllabus, a course proposal, and other things. And if you want a copy of the book, all the model problems were stolen from our book. Um, You can contact ngl.cengage.com or you could email me, and I would need your school address so they know where to send it. So the book would save you a ton of your own planning information. And I know because I've taught this before there was a book. So um, check out jumpstart.org. Jumpstart.org is financial smarts for students. It's a federal government agency. It's probably 10 to 15 years old. designed for mathematical literacy, financial literacy in schools, and they have lots of free stuff you can get. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That's part of the deliberate but subliminal message of this Advanced Algebra with Financial Applications course. We want the struggling kid at the end to succeed in it. And just shake his head and go, wow, I always hated mathematics classes. I like this one. We're really trying to do that. And we've got the best body of material to do that because it's stuff everybody needs. You want to know something? Even if you didn't like the course, you got to admit you need to know about taxes, credit cards, banking, and home ownership, etc." So advanced algebra with financial applications optimizes the chance for kids to succeed at, engage in, and appreciate mathematics. Um, you have the website. You have my email. Feel free to use my email every t- time if you want a copy of the book or you just have a general question. Like I said, the PowerPoints and MP4s, are on the website already, so you already have them at financialalgebra.com. But if anybody has any questions, feel free to email me tonight, in six weeks, in six months, or six years, um, depending on what your questions or issues are. I thank you for staying up first. Well, it's late, it's almost 10 o'clock where I am. I I guess it depends where you are. Um, And hope you enjoyed the presentation. I'm going to stop the share now and turn it over to Rana.
0: Thank you very much, Dr. Gerber, for sharing with us. I hope you'll be able to stick around for a few more minutes to answer questions. Uh, Everyone in attendance, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll have Kristen, Emil on March 16th, and we'll learn about making math thinking visible. Making math thinking visible with Kristen ML on March 16th. Please uh, uh, put any questions that you might have in the chat box, Dr. Gerber will stay with us for a few minutes to answer those, thank you. There's a question, Doctor Gerber? If you want to answer, from Scott Miller.
1: Yeah. Have you looked at any comparisons of standardized testing? Um, in New York, where which is where I work, we have the Regents exams, and there's no Regents in financial algebra. So um, the Algebra two course has a Regents. So we don't have a um, a statewide standardized test for students completing financial algebra. So personally, I haven't looked at any, um, but the course is in use in all 50 states. So if you looked in the internet, maybe you would find um, districts that do do that. And I don't know what state you're in. I, I guess you could start checking with your own state.
0: Doug Kuhlman has an answer.
1: Um yeah, um I will tell you to Doug's thing, um, and I know because I was given four sections of it as a 21-year-old when I got my first job. I didn't have any choice, and I knew nothing. So as far as fear, I had the fear. Um I would say from from speaking all over the country for f- over 40 years in this, the, I I wouldn't wanna assign someone i'd rather get someone who was interested and i you know most departments would have someone who you know the one person because there's not going to be 17 sections of it a person who would do it um because they'd embrace it um you know as and you know recruiting people and all were frightened off um I guess you'd have to speak to the most reasonable ones, but boy, I can't tell you. Not even that I've saved a decent amount of money. Having to learn this I made so much better financial decisions that I rest very easy with. When I buy my, I have a very nitpicky list of where I buy homeowners insurance, auto insurance. I find mistakes on my credit card all the time. It's just not that difficult. And an adult walking around who doesn't know this is, is financially ignorant. So they're paying bills because... They just get them, they never check their visa bill. I've had several mistakes in my visa bill this year alone in the thousands of dollars. So um, I would probably, if you say, all people are frightened off by that, it's so easy to see, tell, tell them, have them take a look at the book. It's so easy to stay a day ahead of kids. And remember, we said, how is it different? You may, kid ask a question, you go, you know, I don't know, let's look it up, let's Google it. Let's call somebody. So um, most of the teachers I've spoken to love teaching it because it's fun. So that's what I can tell you, Doug. Um, I refinanced my house, okay.
0: Congratulations, Gabriella.
1: Our project's problem set up that it does not become outdated quickly. all the projects, and you'll see them if you order the the uh, exam copy of the book. The projects, I've been doing them since the 70s, and um, we they, they are set up. There's even on our, um, I can either send it to you or tell you where to get it on the website. There's actually templates if you want to sort of help a kid who's a little disorganized. So it's a blank template he can use to fill in his project. Um, but they won't become outdated. If you saw that 1983 project that I had an old thing of, except for the template, he's the kid does the same thing. Now he walks in, he buys a car and he buys auto insurance and fills out the template and writes two thank you letters. It's done the pretty much the exact same way it was done, you know, when I first started it. So, um, you know, uh, people do price a wedding project or price a funeral you know they're all they're going to be pounding the pavement um and that's why i give them a month to do them and you could not assign them at all you could have kids do one a year one a unit two a year two a unit a kid fails a test and he goes oh i failed the last test can i write a report on pythagoras And you can say, give him a project or two to do to to help improve his grade. So the project's a very flexible alternative assessment, and the research garnered from them is invaluable. And I also like the civics lesson. I like that a kid whose head is usually buried in a phone has to walk into a car dealer, look someone in the eye, and shake his hand and say, hi, my name is Sherry Galan. Can you help me with my mathematics project? So it's been a win-win-win. Any other questions? Looking at something, if you go to the website and you say, "Hey, but what if?" Just email me. So this isn't the end of the questions. Even in um, how do you request a copy of the textbook? Uh, I'm not familiar with the Sengage website. You know, you'd have to fish the way you fish through a website. I imagine you go to Financial Algebra, and there must be a an exam copy thing. Um, or, if, but if you give me your name and school address, I'll forward it to them. Yes, a penny says, how can I take this course as a parent? That will be the overwhelming thing at back to school night. And I sort of say, sort of laughing, shame on you. So you're paying a mortgage, paying auto insurance and you don't even know what you're getting? You don't know how you could have made something cheaper or you could have gotten, um, I doubled my no fault insurance the coverage from 50 to 100,000 for the price of taking my wife out to dinner. Now that was a very effective way to spend, I don't know, the 60 whatever dollars. And I'm in New York, it's an expensive insurance state. But, and I feel better, I know if I get in an accident, I'm not gonna lose my house because I bought a lot of coverage. Same for homeowners, I've bought an umbrella policy, have you, Veronica, have you had experience with students who are not originally from the United States and do not speak English as their first language? Um, the book has a Spanish glossary. Um, one of the nice things I've heard from special ed teachers about this is it's a nice way to help teach them the language. Because the book is written on a low reading level because we know our audience, it's rather than just having them read arbitrary um, passages, they can, work with them on this stuff and it's, it's helping them in the course. So I think as far as the translation, the only thing we have is a Spanish glossary. So, um, uh, you know, who's ever helping the, um, teacher with, you know, English as a second language would want a copy of the course and the book and, and could use it to work with the student.
0: Do we have any more questions? We'll probably wait for one more minute before we wrap this up.
1: Have you incorporated any of these projects into your algebra two courses? Um, I will say, first of all, we've had algebra two kids elect to take. This is for Gabriella, elect to take um, financial math financial algebra, as an elective, and they do the project. I've never brought those projects into my regular Algebra II. I guess I could, but in New York State, that state exit exam, the regents, for people who don't know it by name, you know, really, it it Algebra two. I know the teachers in my school hyperventilate if we have a fire drill because it's so packed. And that wasn't a good environment to reinvigorize the struggling kids. So um, uh, you know, um, the separate course is is really great. The projects are just great. you know, ju- it's just so great. I We just so many positive comments from them. All right, Doug, enjoy. Oh, Lynn found the link.
0: Any more questions?
1: Well, thank you, Rana.
0: No, thank you, Dr. Gerber. This was very useful.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was fun.
0: We did have 27 people. I Let's see how many people do we still have?
1: I will tell Amy, um, on, the, on the Cengage website, And if you can't find it, I can send it to you. There are the templates for the projects.
0: Thank you so much everyone for being here today. And thank you, Dr. Gerber, for your excellent presentation. Hopefully, we'll see you guys on March 16th.
1: Thank you, everybody.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Enjoy the rest of the school year.
0: Thank you, Dr. Gerber. Bye-bye.